Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is the Athletics Dedicated Blue Jackets podcast. Aaron Portsign with you on a Friday morning, July 3rd. Allison Lucan is here. Good morning. Uh, Allison, it's almost the 4th of July. Normally, <laughs> now we're talking about free agency. We're talking about players that have come to the Blue Jackets, players that have left the Blue Jackets a year ago. It was Panarin, Bobrovsky, Duchesne having left. Um, that's usually this time of year. Everything's turned upside down. We all know that. Um, but in, but the, the current situation, the current news with the NHL is that not only – are the players in the league taking this time uh, to figure out how they're going to restart, which technically they're already in the next year. So they've got to do some tinkering there, but they're, they're working on a CBA extension given this new world that we live in, the financial hardship that's been realized by the league. Um, it still needs to be ratified by the board of governors. They'll still need to have, excuse me, a player vote. A simple majority is what's needed to pass this. Probably a good thing (laughs) because I think there will be some dissension. But this could be a a very opportune move by the league and the players during this time to to hammer out uh, a deal that would have expired otherwise uh, at the end of 21-22. So uh, perhaps uh, some good news, at least in terms of the league having labor peace. Absolutely. And I think it's, um, you always wonder about what happens during these times and maybe this pressure of there not being a season is 
allowing for some different kind of communications that, that maybe make this process more productive overall. Yeah, right. And I wonder, like, you're starting to see some of the tentative agreements that have apparently have been reached. Uh, the salary cap this year is $81.5 million. This new deal calls for the salary cap to remain that for next season and the season after as well. Typically, the, the salary cap's gone up about 5% each year. Um, that's going to create some hardship on some teams. Um, but I think the idea behind that is to mitigate the losses incurred this year. And even if they get restarted, there are going to be losses from this year. Uh, and sort of spread those out over the next two years. The players are taking the hit, um, not to sound overly sympathetic to the players, but the players always take the hit on something like this. The owners are trying to mitigate their losses from, from the uh, cancellation of games, the cancellation of, of so far playoff revenue, they can't sell tickets to the playoff games. That's a big hit. Um, I, yeah, I, I wonder, though, Allison, you're smarter than I am, certainly. No. These guys are locking in right now as though they know what the future holds. And some people are saying that this may not be a great deal for the players, that the players are going to, quote, plug their nose and vote for this. Um, but you wonder if, if we don't really know where we're at in the process of getting through this pandemic – we may look back on this and think that the players killed it on this in in hindsight. Do you see what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. And I think that, uh, you know, the the one thing that we haven't mentioned yet, and and negotiation is always about getting what is most important to you, right? And uh, one of the things that's in play here now is a return to the Olympics, Um, Mm. which in in light of this, and, and look, everybody wants to get paid. I'm certainly not saying the money isn't important, but um, in light of this and for the reasons you just said, perhaps right now it's easier for owners and the league to say, yeah, sure, you can go to the Olympics. We don't know when that's going to happen either. Um, Right. And so for the players players to get that back, I think is is another key win for them. And, and, I mean, selfishly speaking for the organization we cover, um, this continues to, we always talk about hindsight. What happened a year ago, as you mentioned, this team might be one of the ones as as better as it can be in a better position um, with some of these financial crunches that look to be coming down the pike. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I talked to a couple of players just in the last few days who the Olympic point to them was a little salty Mm. because the two say two cycles ago two olympics ago it was the league does this this is what the league does the league goes to the olympics and plays and it's awesome somehow along the line the league has turned the olympics into something that they give the players Mm -hmm. in other words you know what i'm saying they've created they've turned that into a bargaining chip so it's sort of like you're, you're arguing with somebody and they take something that really wasn't theirs to take in the first place. Right. And suddenly them giving it to you is seen as some sort of, of kindness on theirs or them giving something where you're like, that's not ground that you were to, to give in the first place. You, you don't deserve credit for that. These are the kind of things that get kicked around. 
Um, but so they, they've got a, it looks like the extension would be through 23-24, which is a nice little stretch of time here. And hopefully by then, I know that sounds like a long time away now, hopefully by then this will all be sort of an, an awful dream, an awful global pandemic memory that we have. Um, and things will be back to normal. But in addition to the CBA, they're of course working on the return to play. We'll get to that in a second. They're also working on uh, transition rules, which are really, really important. So as we mentioned earlier, this would normally be the start of free agency. Well, we can't have free agency if there's still a season uh, remaining to be played. There's still stuff to be played here. Um, but players were due signing bonuses for next year, two days ago, Wednesday. Uh, some players were technically free agents Wednesday. Right. right. That all has to be reworked now. Um, and apparently that's all going to run through the uh, September, <coughs> excuse me, September. Um, and free agency will begin, uh, you know, November 1st, which is like, wow, that, that's really upside down. Um, and, you know, the new calendar has to be built. And the question is, do they build the calendar so that there's just a new reality in the league now that we have new dates to, to deal with and remember and almost um, commit to, to heart as July 1st is free agency. Well, it's not that anymore. Right. Uh, when is the draft from now on? When did the Stanley cup uh, playoffs finish? There, there may be a new reality that they, or they may go and just slowly slink back and give a little bit next year and a little bit the year after to get back to this, the quote unquote normal flow of the season, but there's still a lot of questions out there, Alice. <laughs> Cabin futures in Canada are just plummeting right now. <laughs> yes. I mean, not to be ridiculous about this, but if the season ends in, I'm trying to think, if the season ends in like late July or early August, right? what does that do to cabin season in Canada? Uh, seriously. I, well, I know. And you yeah. brought it up. You're kind of joking, but that's part of the flow of that country. Well, and even, I mean, even a more immediate answer, and we're, we're seeing this if you follow teams around the league, it hasn't really hit the Blue Jackets this year, other than, than Cam's second son. But, I mean, families plan to, to have children to get married during this time of year. Um, it's a known break. I make plans around <laughs> being totally honest around what we presume the calendar to be. And, you know, I, I get it. I, I get that, that the league wants to push this through, but I, I continue to feel like there's, I mean, we're watching the Columbus crew has positive cases in, in, in their quote unquote bubble or whatever we're calling these things now. And the NBA teams do and, and soccer does and women's soccer does. And, the impact of this to your point specifically just in scheduling. Yeah. It's going to take years to get back to whatever the new normal is, in my opinion. Um, and, and this just, it just seems, it just seems more disruptive than maybe it needs to be versus just saying, you know what, close the books. <laughs> yeah. We're shooting for next season because there's, yeah. This all has to be figured out for next season. All the health concerns, every, the TV con, everything has to be figured out for next season. 
Yeah. And apparently the owners have been told that 82 games next year is going to happen. Well, I'm sure they've been told that. <laughs> well, right. That's what they're playing Right, right, right. Who could possibly say that? But, I mean, and I keep hearing people say, well, they could start in January, play 82 games, and still be done by July. Like, there's no way. I mean, they get yeah. done in June as it is with an October start. Mm-hmm. At like, a breakneck pace as it is. Yeah, you can't give them three months and cram 82 games into the same space. Like, There's literally up, no way. And give up one month on the end, there's absolutely no way, unless the playoff series go best of three, best of five. I don't know. I, to me, and I know the owners need the games because the owners need the money, and the money is what goes to the players, and this is how the system works. But, it's, I mean, to me, you get it over with, and you make next season 56 games. Yep or something and you start when you can like does anybody look back on the 12 13 season and think that that was illegitimate somehow right right 48 games it started in january and it was crammed in uh, to get done in june and so these same people are saying no they'll play 82 start in january be done in july like there's no way there is no way it's insane um yeah yeah so And, and, you know, we've talked about a bunch of different points of impact, too. Uh, I always think about the players. I mean, you've got think about this now. (laughs) There's those guys. (laughs) You know, if you're if you're a free agent or you were supposed to be now your tenure, your in terms of calendar days is extended with a team. What is the impact on how you, quote unquote, find your new team? What is the impact on? all of these guys performance long-term as a result of all this. I mean, for the execution of the game that we are for the love of the game that we're all doing this for the impact on the people who actually execute, we have no idea what that's going to be as well. Right. And you know, the other thing you touched on this earlier, if the salary cap is at 81.5 and it's going to remain that I'm looking at the, the one of the greatest sites in the, the history of the world, Cap Geek or Cap Friendly. Sorry. I was gonna, well, Cap Geek was great. <laughs> yes. Full respect to Cap Geek. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. There are nine teams already over 81.5. Yeah. Right. And there are deals to be re signed. Yeah. For sure. Um, the Blue Jackets are around 76, but they've got like something like 71 promised. Uh, for next year, including Brandon Dubinsky, who will most certainly just be put on long-term and, and won't count against the cap. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're in a pretty good spot. And you wonder if <clears throat> in a dark, not to be, not to be um, that guy, but if the league can't grow and the money isn't expanding and you've got cap room, um, now they don't have as much as people think because there's still some guys right. that have got to resign. Right. But, Boy, that that uh, that cap room can be really, really alluring. Well, for sure, and that's you know again, like I said before, and look, everything we said when those marquee players left, what time is irrelevant now? Whenever that was, (laughs) Um, you know, it was. Of course, that's a loss of talent, but imagine having the size of the contracts those players commanded in the market on these books right now. It's. This is a, a silver, in the context of, of the bigger issues, 
this is a silver lining for this organization. And, you know, at the same time, I, I mentioned, you know, RFAs and UFAs and, and future contracts, you know, that does this, I mean, a Josh Anderson has to potentially contemplate changing what he thinks he can get on the free market, not even because he is or is not worth it, yeah. but because of what the market can now bear for a player like that. Yeah. And, and the market's going to be a total prick. Yeah, totally. Right. So like a guy like Josh has one goal this year. Right. Um, in some years, the market might look at Josh Anderson and say, look, the potential is game changing power forward, 20, right. 25 goals. Right. Here. The market this year is going to say, no, we don't have any money. Yep. We don't have any money. Yep. So if you want to play for us, we'll sign you at this amount. And maybe in three years we can revisit yep. when the dollar cap starts to move again. But but this is what the market is. Like I would not want to be a free agent this year. Right. Oh, don't. Or next year, to be very honest. Yeah, or the year after. Yep. yep. Because it looks like it's going to be like really super, super tight. Porty, let me ask you this. Do you think – I'm throwing you a curveball here – that's fine. We, you know, we always talk about how part of the challenge for this league is they're a gate-driven league. The revenue is ticket sales, what happens in the arena. Do you think this at all starts to shift the demand from the kind of TV contract they can command going forward? Um, I think short-term, the TV money might be better than it is right now just because there's such a scarcity of sports to watch on TV. Right. Right. Um, you know what I'm saying though? Oh uh, yeah. I mean, the thing is they're, they're going to be more dependent upon a T on TV money, but the network's not going to care about how dependent they are on more TV money because the network cares about what they can sell and what they can make money on. Sure. Right. Um, yeah, I've heard in the short term as a way to generate more money that they may be selling some of the early games to other networks that aren't currently rights holders. So in other words, in Canada, TSN, which has been out of hockey the last couple of years when Sportsnet got the deal, they may be doing some, they may be back in the game, um, if only temporarily doing some games, and that would be some additional revenue. There's going to be a t- so many qualifying games right um, early on it's going to be intense but so and those are going to be televised and so they may be bringing more people into the fold to do that right that would be good but like and i i think that you know i'm in the minority i like i kind of like what they did and the way that that um nbc has has grown and that sports network has grown a bit and partly because of soccer people are more familiar with it. Mm-hmm. I don't find the frustration. I remember when it was on versus. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And people yes. were like, I don't get, I get the outdoor. It's on the outdoor network. What? Right. Seriously. Right. It was all over the place. Nobody knew where to find it. I think people are more can find it now or more are more into the groove of finding it now. And I think more people watch that channel like that was the thing. Like nobody watched hockey fans didn't watch the outdoor life network unless hockey was on. Right. Right. So there was an odd fit, but I do think people watch that NBC sports channel and I think NBC has been good to them. Yeah, I do. Um, but I mean, yeah, it, it's what's NBC's situation. I, I, right. I mean, 
I would think during all of this, but they haven't been able to make new content for how long, right? Because the studio well, exactly. closed. Exactly. So, but people are sitting home with not a ton to do in some cases, looking for stuff to watch. I, I wonder what TV ratings are like, what audiences are like, and how pandemic has, effect, has affected that. Because mm-hmm. it all correlates. Right. Right. But, yeah, I, I, I guess I'm... Maybe the wrong guy to ask that to, but those are my thoughts. Good um, thoughts. Well, thanks, Allison. There are 25 players in Columbus right now. I'm going to read their names just because it's, it's nice to hear hockey again. Okay. Uh, forwards, Cam Atkinson, Emil Bamstrom, Oliver Bjorkstrand, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Liam Foodie, Nathan Kirby, Stefan Matteau, Riley Nash, Gustav Nyquist. I remember all of their names still. Eric Robinson, <laughs> Cole Sherwood, Devin Shore, Kevin Stenland, Alexander Texier. Uh, defenseman Carlson, Gavrikov, Kukan, Nudavara, Jones has been here, Harrington and Peak. And the goalies are Corpusalo, uh, Merzlikens, Kiflinix, and Vinny Vellena. Uh, with more on the way. Uh, Nick Foligno, captain, said he's going to head. He's going to be here, and this is a tough thing for these guys. Right. It, if you're going to be away from your family for two months, do you want to come early to Columbus? Right. And make it two months and two weeks. So right. he's going to come in probably three or four days before camp opens to get as much time as he can with his family, the young family. Um, the other thing is, for weeks we've been saying that camps are probably going to start July 10. Uh, I'm not sure that's the case anymore. Hmm. Uh, could be July 13th, anywhere from July 13th to the 16th. I don't think the 10th is out of the question, but it's, I'm hearing more and more that the 13th to the 16th sounds like the target. Also, we heard about exhibition games that teams would be playing before the qualifying round starts. Uh, believe it or not, it sounds like that has been reduced to qualifying or to uh, exhibition game that each team will have one. Okay. So I can't wait to see who they, how they do that. Like, I can't imagine the, the exhibition game would be against the team you play in the qualifying round. That would yeah, be, you can't do that. can't do that. Um, so who will the Blue Jackets open with? And we assume, Allison, that they're going to Toronto. Correct. Um, it's Edmonton. It's Toronto. The league was concerned about teams being at home. They don't, they don't appear to be concerned about that at all now. <laughs> um, I don't know why that would be, but Toronto appears to be the home team. Um, you think John Tortorella is going to play this up at all? Oh, come on. I mean, I of can't. course. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yes, he's going to. And as we know, it has historically worked for his club too. So why yes. wouldn't he? Um, right. You know, but as I have said too, and in the same breath, I will say that you know, I was one saying I didn't think it mattered if Columbus played in Columbus. So ultimately, I don't think it's going to matter if Toronto plays in Toronto. Because again, a lot of the incentive is the emotional support you're getting from the crowd. Um, and that's absent. So they're not going to have that. I, I don't have an issue with it. But I think between being in Toronto, which is such a literal hub of hockey in general, and... Right perhaps being viewed by many as the underdog and a, a scrappy quote unquote untalented team. I think Torts is just 
chomping at the bit to get that narrative going. Sharpening all of his skills. Oh, yeah. Great lines. Um, And apparently the Stanley Cup, there's a joke to be made here, but the Stanley (laughs) Cup will be played in Edmonton. Well, there's tons of jokes to be made there. Yeah, when's the last, who's the last Canadian team to win a Stanley Cup? It's like, it's a long time ago. 1993 Montreal Canadiens. There you go. Lyle Odeline was on that team. There you go. Uh, that's crazy. 27 years? Yep. Um, so that doesn't mean, this does not mean a Canadian team's going to win it, of course, but and I do think it's been handed out in Canada because a team, a Canadian team lost. Oh, I see. Edmonton. Might have been Edmonton that lost to Carolina in that cup final. But anyways, it has been handed out on Canadian soil, just not to a Canadian team. Um, so, yeah. Well, uh, one other little bit. We wrote a highly speculative piece, <laughs> but it needed to be said because it, it's one of those things that chances are, 87.5% chances are it's not going to come to pass. Actually, it's probably more than that because you have to figure into there, and Allison, you can figure this out. You have to figure in there the, the likelihood of the Blue Jackets winning or losing in the first round of the qualifying. Right. But if the Blue Jackets lose in the qualifying round, or we're led to believe if this does not get off the ground, the Blue Jackets will be one of the eight teams with a chance to pick number one and select this, this year's great draftable player, Alexi Lafreniere. Yes. Uh, how is this possible that the Blue Jackets, through all of their trials and tribulations, this is the... This is really the only reason I wrote the story. I love this so much. Yes. Through all of the trials and tribulations, if they lose in the qualifying round or if the season doesn't restart, the Blue Jackets will have their fourth highest chance to win the number one overall pick in franchise history. So all of those years that they were – out of it by November, all of those years that the season really became about the draft lottery, the only years that they will have had a higher percentage were 2012, 48.2, 2002, or the 18.8, and the next year, 2003, 14.2. There were other years where they had a shot at it, but never, other than those three, they've not had a better chance than 125 percent. Allison, think of how this might be a consolation prize for everybody. If this frustrating year, this frustrating calendar year where these elite players leave town, especially Panarin, for the Blue Jackets to remain competitive, barely miss the playoffs, and somehow land this difference-making player. Thoughts? Well, First of all, I mean, it, it, when we talk about a season that has defied every expectation, this would be the cherry on top, right? right. <laughs> I mean, um, you know, and I think that, um, I, and I was looking for it while you were outlining the scenarios, our own Dom Lushishin put out, and unfortunately it was not in an article, which I thought it was, it was a tweet. Um, and I will find it and put it back out again. But to, to your point, the Blue Jackets actually have the best odds of the, Play, of the playoff teams to get that first overall pick, which factors in, as you said, their opportunity to win versus all the odds of the actual scenario itself. Um, 
I think it's, it'd be a great narrative. Um, and then if we look at this strategically, um, this is an organization that likes to draft and develop. Um, when you talk about trying to get talent to come to Columbus, drafting that talent and having it is key. And then if you look, as we already outlined, the whole cap scenario, I mean, this is, this is a PL Dubois times a million, right? You're getting game-changing talent at entry-level prices. Um, and right. so particularly in these times, um, what a huge difference maker um, oh. it would be, for, particularly for this team that needs, like you said, that what, what this team needs right now is that game breaker. That's why they brought in Artemi Panarin. This would, this would literally be an answer to wish list items for Yarmo Kekalainen and his squad. Right. And, and people I've spoken to say that they're different talents, but the, the only player that the Blue Jackets have drafted that is of a similar ilk is not, again, not similar talent. Right, right. But similar ability, um, different styles of play. But the only other elite player that they've drafted that's in this conversation with Lafreniere is Rick Nash. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, and I, I mean, yeah. So here's a team that is at risk of being that thing you do not want to be, Mm -hmm. which is good, but only good enough to not miss the playoffs. Right. Not good enough to really do something there. Right. Um, They are, they are a proud franchise full of proud players right now. Nobody wants to lose to Toronto, of course, but free agents aren't going to free agents haven't historically really lately hit the market period. Right. Much less when they've hit the market, have they deigned to come to Columbus or or places like this? Right. This, so you got to draft them. And if you're making the playoffs and winning a, a round or, just missing the playoffs as they may have done this year. You're never, you, you have to strike gold and get lucky as hell late in the first round to, to gain a guy like this. So I'm certainly not, I am certainly not pitching for them to lose the qualifying round um, to, to make this possible. Just pointing out that this is something that could easily come up and smack you in the forehead if you're not ready for it. And this is going to get moving pretty quickly here. The qualifying round, these are all of the possibilities, good or bad, once the qualifying round starts for Columbus. Now, many people have bitched about this entry or this lottery and how it was done, how unfair it was. I love it. (laughs) Do you? I was going to ask you, so Detroit, no chance. Um, Should, um, in, in years past, they the way that they used to do this, they could not have fallen any further than two in years past. Only a top a bottom five team could win the first pick. Yep. Um, and that was that that's been gotten rid of. And this year against all odds, you've got a team that made it to the qualifying round. <laughs> I think part of the problem right now is people think of the qualifying round as the playoffs. hundred percent, hundred percent. They're not. So this is essentially a team that's eight through 15 winning the lottery. Right. 
Um, Allison, do you have a problem with that? Should the Blue Jackets apologize if they win? No. I mean, these are the rules. This is how it went down. It's chaos, which I'm totally here for. <laughs> um, it, what, what I have said before, and this is irrelevant of how the lottery results came out, it's so ridiculous to be doing this before if you're going to include the play in teams, then just wait and do the draft lottery till after the play in round is done. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. But I have no problem with this. I have a problem with the timing. I had a problem with the timing before it was even done. Um, but I love it because I think it's insane. Um, and I just uh, chaos team chaos right here. <laughs> yeah. The one thing I'll say that in, in God, I hope this doesn't come across as, as being a Homer. It would seem wrong if an Edmonton, a Toronto, or a Pittsburgh oh, sure. were to lose in the first round and, and land this great generational player, Edmonton perhaps especially. Well, right. But what, right. Better, what better object lesson that these things are never fair than how many first-round draft picks Edmonton has had? Right. <laughs> so but I, I'm with you. Like, and, and the one thing I don't like out of all this is there is a certain section of – hockey Twitter or hockey with the hockey world, if you will, that's like, Oh, it would be glorious for Lafreniere to go to the Habs because it'd be his hometown team. Right. I have no time for that narrative. That seems silly to me. Yeah. Um, right. But yeah, I, I'm against those teams getting it. But again, this is, this is, this is how the cards are being played. Yeah. And it, it, but it's also funny to hear people and they, you'll inevitably hear this if it comes to pass that the blue jackets, Oh God, the blue jackets don't deserve Lafreniere. Right. And, oh, my God, if you know anything about their lottery luck, right. <laughs> right. there's almost no team that deserves it more. Right. Totally. They've never they've once moved up in the lottery. Once. And not they've never won the first round, the first overall pick. Right. I mean, Even they, when, earned, yep. they earned the first overall pick one year yep. with Ryan Murray, and they dropped to number two. Yep. Now, didn't impact who they got that year. They wanted Murray and not Yakupov, but they've never won the lottery. Yep. Ever. They've moved up one spot once. Other than that, they've either held where they were to be or they've dropped. Yep. So if any, I mean, you could certainly make the case that Columbus, as much as any franchise, is due for some sort of good luck. And I wish I knew a mathematician who was dorky enough to spend any amount of time on this but if you go year by year and look at the percentages, the chances that they've had to win and the fact that they haven't, man, it sure seems like it's greater than 12.5% this year if they lose in the first round. But I know that it isn't. It's still right. only 12.5%. Well, right. And that's the problem. You're, you're speaking to a, an, an emotional factoring because it resets, the probability resets every year. You know what I'm saying? Versus like well, it's flipping, it's flipping a coin. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You flip it. And I, I though, and I'm weird, Allison. I have moments where I sit and ponder this usually when I'm one beer in too many, where if you flip a quarter 10 times and it's heads every 10 times, the next flip is still 50, 50 to be heads or tails. Yep. Yep. Statistically. And yet I say to myself, bullshit. Like there's no, the, the likelihood of it being 11 heads in a row is so rare that it's more than 50-50 it's going to be tails. And that's wrong. Yep. Well, that's wrong. 
but I will tell, I will tell you, um, and we read this on the Hannock series I've, I've been doing with Megan Chaka, but there's a book mm-hmm. out there called the hot hand by Ben yeah. Cohen that explores all this. It's a very easy read and it's fantastic. And it, it speaks to the fact that there is in fact, in some parts of the world, a hot hand that's real. So little plug for a good book. If anyone's looking for that. Wow. Wonder if Yarma's reading it right now. <laughs> right now. Right now. Uh, all right. Anything else we need to get to? I think that's it. Just a, a happy, a happy, and hopefully safe fourth uh, to everyone. Um, practice what you should to stay safe and help keep others safe, and and enjoy yes. your enjoy your holiday weekend. I'll just say, wear a damn mask. Yes, please. Yes, please. Wear a mask, please. Like, let's get this under control. One of the reasons that so much is being affected right now is that this is flaring back up again. Yes. Huh. So be safe, be smart. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you on Tuesday. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.